Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number four of Revelation chapter 19. We're going to be reading verses 5 and 6. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent, reigneth. And again, in this wonderful passage, which the Lord is moving the Apostle John to record at the time of the final victory of the, of the kingdom of God over the kingdom of Satan, it is a time of triumph for the Lord, triumph for his word, triumph for his people. And and therefore the people of God cry out, Alleluia, and and uh, praise God, praise Yah. And as we have seen in our previous studies, this is just incredibly joyous. Uh, it is It is a wonderful time, the final completion of God's magnificent salvation plan has come. Well, we were looking at verse 4 last time, so this time we're looking at beginning in verse 5. And again it says, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God. And that's what Alleluia means, praise Yah. All ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Now the reference to small and great is basically... An all-encompassing statement, it means uh, all of the kingdom of heaven. And, of course, when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, when it comes to those that God has saved, God doesn't uh, rank people. He doesn't have uh, those who are uh, the, the great ones of uh, the sinners that he saved and those that are the small ones of the sinners that he saved. No, he just has the sinners that he saved. None are deserving. None are worthy. None are great of themselves in his sight. If he were to look at the individuals themselves, he would see the filthy and the polluted and the vile and those that have um just rebelled against him he would see uh just a whole bunch of rebels and and therefore he doesn't look at the individual man or woman he doesn't look at the sinner himself but he looks at Christ's work on their behalf and Christ's work for each one of those that he saved is the same it's a purifying work, a cleansing work that purges away and washes away all iniquity 
thereby leaving the sinner justified in the sight of God, righteous in the sight of God. And and so God is no respecter of persons. And yet, to help us understand, he uses the language of the world. And in the world, there are small and there are great. There are kings and and rich men and powerful men and great men. And then there's beggars and and those that are in poverty, the poor. And so uh, the Lord knows that that's how the world operates. The, the world definitely has categories of people, and they uh, esteem the rich and the powerful much more than the poor and the needy, who are very least esteemed. And, and so God is just saying, uh, for our benefit, concerning all of his elect. And of those elect out of the world, there were poor and downtrodden and beggars like uh, typified by Lazarus or or blind Timotheus and, and individuals like that. God did save some of the people of the world that are that are very least in the eyes of the world. And he also saved some that might be considered great or powerful or rich, as Abraham was a rich man, and and others in the Bible who God saved had wealth. Joseph of Arimathea was well-to-do. So, yes, from, from the world, God saves small and great. But once he did save each one that he did, now we're all the same. There's not Jew nor Gentile, there, there's not male nor female in, in the new heaven and new earth, and there will not be rich or poor, great or small. There is just the servants of God, the saints of God, and the redeemed of God. Um, let's look at Revelation 11. Revelation 11, beginning in verse 15, which is the point of the sounding of the seventh angel, which would be the point of the beginning of Judgment Day, and the seventh trumpet sounded on May 21, 2011, and continues to sound until the completion of Judgment Day, which very likely will be October 7th, 2015. So it's a prolonged trumpet blast, we could look at it as. In Revelation 11 and verse 15, It says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and has reign. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come in the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And we see God uses that same language of small and great, 
but it's just identifying the same people as the prophets or the same as the saints or the same that fear thy name. And it, it is speaking of those that God has saved and out of the world he saves small and great and they fear him because he has given them a heart to fear him, a new uh, heart and a new spirit. All right. Uh, it goes on to say in Revelation 19 and verse 6, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Well, we saw the great multitude was in view at the beginning of this chapter. And here again, the Apostle John heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. It's the elect people of God that came out of great tribulation, lifting up their voice on high, praising the Lord, not in the the way that the unsaved praise the Lord. As we know, there are multitudes of unsaved people in the churches and congregations that mouth praises to God. They they say them, they speak the words, praise the Lord, and they may do it often. Actually, today, um, it, there are some churches, it seems that's all they talk about. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. They don't get into doctrine. It's just very superficial and it's all positive. It's all uh, wonderful, isn't it? We just get together. We focus on the cross. And we uh, we just uh, very often say, praise the Lord for this and praise the Lord for that. And we may lift up our hands in rejoicing. And we love to sing uh, up-to-date or modern Christian music that praises the Lord. And and what can be wrong with that? Who can find fault with someone who is constantly praising the Lord and a congregation that is just repeatedly praising the Lord? Wouldn't God want us to do that? Well, you can't find fault with praising the Lord unless what you're saying with your mouth does not match what is in your heart. And then there's fault. Then there's a problem because there's guile within. There's still the deceitful heart of unbelief. And and what is being said with the mouth doesn't match the condition of the heart. And that's the situation that is taking place in the church world because God has ended the church age and commanded his people to come out. So he's not fooled. God isn't fooled by masses of people that are in active disobedience to his command to come out and and leave the church and and that command actually had a time limit on it up until May 21 2011 was the time to come out because if you failed to come out by then you could not enter into the area which was the nations of the world wherein God was sending forth the latter rain to save. And and if you remain uh, unto the day of May 21, 2011, that was the day God shut the door of heaven and ended his salvation program. So if you come out on May 22nd, 2011, or if you come out today, the, what good does it do in one sense, although uh, it, it would be still 
fitting and right on one level for someone to obey God's command to come out of the church even if there was no possibility of salvation. Yet they, they stayed, all those that did stay, and they were bundled as tares for the burning, and no amount of praising God will change their spiritual condition. The filthy will remain filthy still, the unjust unjust, and they can never be translated out of that condition into the condition of being in God's eternal spiritual kingdom and of salvation. And so that's the problem, that God's true people are to praise him and sing alleluia. And especially now we have much to praise him for. It is a time of great glory to God, and he has uh, done what he has said he would do. He has saved all he said he would save. He has uh, defeated the enemy, and it, it, it is just a, an incredible amount to thank him and glorify him and to praise him for. And so the child of God, yes, at this time, praise the Lord and lift up his name in prayer, not in lifting our arms and waving our hands and and making sure everybody sees us and dancing around. That isn't the right way of praising the Lord. You know, God is a spirit, and and God meets with his people in prayer. We go before his throne. We speak with him. And each individual praises the Lord. We we might get together with a small group or in a fellowship and sing hymns of praise and even pray a couple of prayers of thanksgiving. But primarily, it's a very individual thing, very personal thing between God and his people. And, you know, you could see someone and you think, well, this person, he's not thankful and and or she she doesn't really praise God, uh, you know. Again, there's that very outward person, very showy, and and they're constantly praising God with their lips, and and yet uh, we we see from the example within the churches that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything regarding true lifting up of thanksgiving to God and praise to Him. And then you could have quite the opposite, an individual who looks very downtrodden and weary and tired. And yet when that person gets alone with God and that person begins to pray and and says, thank you, Lord, for this day. And things are very difficult and tough, but thank you for salvation of all your people. And thank you for saving me the the chief of sinners who doesn't deserve it and 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 that person begins to praise God and it, it nobody knows nobody sees it but but then they go from praise to prayer to supplication and as God lays out in Philippians chapter 4 uh, but here God is picturing that great multitude and God sees the great multitude he knows what they're praying, if not even consciously, perhaps 
we're so impacted and we're so affected by living in this world that we don't know to pray as we should. And the Bible does speak about that. And in Romans chapter 8, I think, God speaks of the Holy Spirit that prays in utterances that that the child of God uh, could not pray. And, and the Holy Spirit, pray, who's indwelling the believer, prays to God on behalf of the believer. So it could be within that great multitude. The Spirit of God is lifting up prayer to God on their part that they're not even aware of. And they may be stuck in a a, a mindset that is a wrongful mindset. There, there's no excuse for not praising God and thanking Him and doing it often. And if we fail to do it, it it's sin, as God commands the, these things that He should be praised and He should be glorified. Yet uh, we might be someone who's a very new believer, and and there just isn't time for that person to come along in in the process of God revealing things to them uh, concerning grace and knowledge of him and and so forth and 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 so god it is accepting of these things through the spirit he has put within them through the holy spirit that indwells them and and so forth well here uh, the apostle john heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Alleluia. Now let's go back to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation 1, when God first came to John on the island of Patmos. And we read in verse 13, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. So the Son of Man is uh, revealing himself to John as God is going to open up divine revelation to him and move him to write these things down. We have in the book of Revelation. Then it says in verse 15, And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. That's the voice of the Son of Man, the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And who is Christ but the Word made flesh? So the voice of Christ is the Word of God. And that is the voice of many waters points to the gospel waters of the Bible. It's the Word of God's declaration. And it is the the scriptures themselves that are declaring alleluia. It's the word, the Bible, that is um, stating God is worthy to be praised. Praise Yah, the Bible says. And it also mentions the voice of mighty thunderings. Now let's go to Job 37. Job 37. And it says, beginning... In verse 2, Hear attentively the noise of his voice, and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it under the whole heaven, 
and is lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. And here the voice of God is likened to thunder. And that's a very fitting tie-in that God makes. Because have you ever been in your home and and it's gently raining outside, but it gets suddenly dark and stormy, and then all of a sudden there's a boom, a great boom. The thunder uh, is so loud, uh, it, it's frightening, and and everyone in earshot takes notice. Uh, it it could be for miles and miles and miles around that people heard that tremendous boom take place in the sky. And God likens his voice to the thunder. It's a powerful voice. It's a majestic voice. And, of course, the voice of God, again, is his word, that which comes forth from his mouth, the word of God, as God speaks of it in Hebrews chapter 4, is quick and powerful sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The power of the Bible, the power of the Scripture. We don't know the mighty power of the Word of God. The Bible gives us um, statements, and, and as we read them, well, we, we could stand amazed, except uh, in our present condition, we don't have a proper appreciation for scripture that says that that God spoke and created the heavens, or God spoke and created the earth, or he spoke and created the seas, or he spoke and created the animals upon it, or he spoke and created man in his image, or God spoke through his word, and and he saved uh, a people for himself, or God's word brought judgment, and and so on. Just just a tremendous display of might and power and glory and authority. Uh, whenever God speaks, and and so the Bible likens it to thunder. It says in Psalm twenty nine, beginning in verse three, the voice of Jehovah is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. Jehovah is upon many waters. The voice of Jehovah is powerful. The voice of Jehovah is full of majesty. The voice of Jehovah breaketh the cedars. Yea, Jehovah breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Then in verse 7, The voice of Jehovah divideth the flames of fire. The voice of Jehovah shaketh the wilderness. Jehovah shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of Jehovah maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forest, and in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Jehovah sitteth upon the flood, yea, Jehovah sitteth king forever. Jehovah will give strength unto his people. Jehovah will bless his people with peace. The mighty voice of God. Well, 
It, it is this voice the Revelation 19 and verse 6 is speaking of, uh, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.